Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. On today's episode, I do things a little bit different. I'm actually going to tackle one major question instead of examining and talking about the three best questions of the past week from clients and non-clients. I thought I'd do something a little bit different, keep it fresh, because I got one really good question that I believe encompasses a lot of what my real estate clients deal with when looking at and structuring a potential investment. So here it is. Here's question number one. It revolves around the ABC self storage investment. For background information, there's a deal of $1.5 million all cash. And this investor wants to use two of his IRAs to invest 90% of the purchase price and then use 10% of personal cash through an LLC to combine with the two IRA funds and do a deal that will essentially involve a joint venture between his two IRAs and 10% cash. And the question is, can he do it? So I thought this was a really good question because it brings in to light a number of issues. Number one, the prohibited transaction rules. And number two, even potential, the application of the unrelated business taxable income rules because of the self-storage characterization of the income. So let's start with prohibited transactions 4975. So we understand if you've listened to my podcast or watched my videos, you know there's three things you cannot do with an IRA. Under 408, you can't buy life insurance, can't buy collectibles like art. Thirdly, under Internal Revenue Code section 4975, you can't do any transaction that in any way involves you or benefits you or any disqualified person. Disqualified person is essentially defined as you, your IRA, or any of your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons, control generally defined as 50%. Now, we know the recent Ways and Means proposed tax bill sought to reduce that 50% threshold to 10%, although that provision never made it into a final bill or never will ultimately make it into a final bill. So we're still at that 50% threshold. So now we look at the situation where this IRA investor is going to come up with 90% IRA money. So out of the 1.5 million, you know, let's say over 1.4 million will be IRA funds. And he wants to use 10% personal funds to do the deal. Can he do it? So on its face, it doesn't seem like it would violate 4975, right? He's going to own less than 50% of that entity. Um, if, if the entity, if the investment is done in the aggregate and if it's done simultaneously. So if you look at the primitive transaction rules, you can make the argument that, hey, this is a transaction where he's going to own 100% of 90% in an IRA, 10% personally. So one side, you could say, well, if the investment's not done at the same time, then clearly the entity is disqualified because his IRA owns more than 50%. 
so a 10% personal investment will not be permitted. However, the famous Swanson case, which was essentially the case of magnitude or the, the uh, Mount Rushmore of tax cases for the self-directed IRA structure, said clearly that an entity only becomes disqualified when it's funded. So the idea is that, hey, if you fund the IRA and personal funds simultaneously, then only at that point does the entity become disqualified. So if you, if your IRA and individually the gentleman put in the money together, then as long as there's no additional money contributed to that entity, there is no opportunity to trigger the prohibited transaction rules because there is no contribution of capital by a disqualified person to a disqualified entity, right? Here, the entity is a shell, right? We're creating ABC Self Storage LLC. It's a shell. There's no cash in it. It just was set up yesterday. Now we're going to fund 1.4 million, let's say, coming from the IRAs, 100 grand coming from personal, same day, all going into the LLC. At that point, it becomes disqualified. Now, only if additional funds from an IRA or from the individual, the IRA owner or a disqualified person is added to that structure, will that structure trigger a prohibited transaction? If money comes from John Doe, a third party, or if there's no additional funding of that structure, it's going to be hard for the IRS to argue that there's any prohibited transaction based off Swanson that an entity only becomes disqualified when it's funded. Now, is there any risk? Yeah. I always say this and it's true. Anytime you combine personal and IRA funds in the same deal, you always open that window just enough to a potential IRS attack. I don't know how the IRS would attack it. The only way they could attack it is somehow argue that there's some self-dealing or conflict of interest, right? 4975C1D, 4975C1E are essentially the catch-all provisions that will allow the IRS to argue a prohibited transaction occurred, even if there's less than a 50% ownership. So if you take the Rollins case, which is a case that I uh, often address and often cite to, it's a tax court case. And in this case, Mr. Rollins was an accountant and he owned less than 50% of a number of entities. He was not an employee, just a director and a passive investor. The companies needed money and he took his 401k and he lent those funds to the companies. And the IRS argued it was prohibited. Mr. Rollins said, it's not prohibited. Look, I own less than 50%. How could the entity be disqualified? Look at 4975C. If you own less than 50%, there is no disqualified person. Thus, there is no prohibited transaction. The IRS said, ah, we disagree. We think there is a conflict of interest. There's self-dealing here. I.e., the only reason that you lent money to the business from your 401k is to help your IRA. You didn't do it to, or to help you out personally, I should say, because Rollins own less than 50% personally. Your 401k didn't lend the money to these companies to help the 401k, even though it turned out to be a, a decently fair investment, it did it to help Mr. Rollins out. And that is what it means to invest in a conflict of interest type prohibited transaction meaning that an IRA or 401k should make an investment to exclusively 100% benefit the retirement account. There should be no personal benefit being derived by that investment. In the Rollins case, clearly, 
he was going to benefit because but for that investment, there was a good chance his personal investment would be in ruin because of the financial despair of those businesses. So taking that premise and that set of analogy or that argument to the ABC self-storage facility, you can see potentially the IRS can say, listen, Mr. John Doe, you needed the money. You had 1.4 million in IRA. You wanted to do this deal. You didn't have enough IRA money. So you're using personal money. And your personal money is going to be a prohibited transaction. Or they can flip it around and say, you wanted to buy this personally, which is probably the argument they'd make. You didn't have enough money personally, right? You're only putting 100 grand in. So you're using your IRA to buy this ABC self-storage facility to help yourself out personally. Now that's a little bit of a stretch, right? If the numbers were flipped, if he was gonna use 1.4 million of personal funds and 100 grand of IRA funds, maybe that argument would be easier to be made by the IRS because it's easier to say, hey, all you needed was 100 grand from your IRA and your IRA only made the investment so you could own this storage facility personally. On the flip side, it's a tougher argument to say, the 1.4 million was in any way or the was of 1.4 million dollars of ira funds and somehow uh was immaterial to that investment the 100 grand is material so i don't know if they'd be successful in that they certainly couldn't argue the 50 percent threshold if the investment was done simultaneously i think they'd have a tough time doing that especially if you can argue swanson that the entity only becomes disqualified once it's funded uh, but again, it does open the door ajar to a potential attack. It's way more clean if this gentleman just invested all IRA funds or IRA funds with debt or all personal funds with debt. Anytime there's a mix and match of personal retirement money, the risk profile goes up. Now, in this particular case, I think the risk is quite minimal, again, because the facts are, are in its favor. He's coming up with a lot of money in IRA money. So clearly the investment is going to help the IRA. That hundred grand of, of money is immaterial to the overall investment. He could have, he could argue still that, hey, I could have borrowed the money or I could have done a deal with a friend or a third party, but I wanted to do the hundred thousand dollar investment personally because it was a good deal to have my personal funds invested in this deal. Um, alternatively, if, it, if the facts were flipped, where he's putting in 1.4 million of personal money on a hundred grand of IRA, there it's a harder argument. And I think the IRS would have an easier time to show that the IRA funds were going to be used to personally benefit him, right? You could say, hey, I, the IRS could say you needed that hundred grand, you didn't have it personally, and the IRA investment was done to personally benefit you instead of to benefit your IRA. Again, it's all based off facts and circumstances. If you're Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or a, a wealthy individual that has had that has that $1.5 million in, in either source, then you have good facts on your side because you can say, no, I could have done this with personal funds, could have done this deal with IRA funds. I have the money. Look, here it is. Or I have a loan. I could have borrowed the $1.3 million. Here is a loan commitment letter. So it's all about, again, the facts and circumstances. In this case, I think, and even though I'm very risk averse as a you know, trained tax attorney, I think the IRS would have a tough time arguing that there was any self-dealing or personal benefit based on these particular facts. Now, let me spend a couple minutes on the unrelated business taxable income. So a self-storage facility is akin to a hotel to some degree. 
Now, um, there are some services being provided. Um, again, there's no room service or anything like that. But if you look at um, the IRS rules and treasury regulations, a self-storage facility is defined and treated more like a business that generates business income than rental income, i.e. a passive uh, rental real estate property. So the IRS looks at a storage facility more like a hotel than if you owned a condo uh, on the beach and you're just renting it out and collecting rental income. Why is that material? Because when an IRA or 401k invests in a business like a storage facility versus a passive investment that generates rental income, that could trigger what's called the unrelated business taxable income or UBTI. Now the UBTI is triggered essentially in three ways. Use margin to buy an asset like stocks or cryptos. Use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate in an IRA. There is an exemption for a 401k. Or you invest, your IRA or 401k invests in an active trader business, like a storage facility or a restaurant or a bar, through a pass-through entity like an LLC. So if this gentleman is using a C-Corp as his entity that will hold the IRA and personal funds, then he's not going to have UBTI because the C-Corp will block the application of that tax. But it, I would assume and it seems that this individual will use an LLC, which is the most common vehicle for these types of investments, where 90% will be owned by the IRA, 10% by him individually, It'll be a partnership for tax purposes. The $1.5 million of cash will go in, buy the ABC self-storage facility, and then the income from that storage facility will flow up to its owners. Now, if the income is, tr is treated as a business income, which it most likely would based off IRS rules. So again, a self-storage facility looks more like a parking garage or a hotel, motel, which is a business versus just a passive real estate investment, i.e. a home or an apartment complex or a um, Airbnb type um, asset, which would be looked at more as a passive asset that generates passive rental real estate, which would be exempt from UBTI. Remember, UBTI triggered three ways. Margin when you buy an asset, non-recourse loan to buy real estate for an IRA. And if an IRA or 401k invests in an active trade or business through a pass-through entity like an LLC, not a corporation. So in this case, this gentleman's got a couple issues to worry about. Number one, is he going to trigger a prohibited transaction under 4975? And number two, is he going to deal with UBTI? The UBTI tax rate for 2021 goes up to a max of 37%. So it is significant. It can, it's considerable. It can turn a very favorable, efficient investment into a, a tax nightmare. So these are the issue spotting techniques that I want to teach all of you. That's my goal is it's all about issue spotting. You don't have to be an expert of everything. But if you're an IRA and a good self-directed IRA investor, you want to issue spot. You want to make an investment. Before you make it, you want to think prohibitive transaction, potential application of unrelated business taxable income. How do I minimize tax? What is the most tax efficient way to make the investment? That is the difference between a good and great self-directed IRA investor and a average self-directed IRA investor who can find themselves in some hot water if they unintentionally um, triggered the Prohibitive transactions or the UBTI tax. Now, the UBTI tax is not a prohibitive transaction. It's a tax that your IRA pays on a 990T, which is April 15th. But 
it's paid by the IRA, not by you, but it's not a prohibited transaction. You can get into trouble by not filing the form if you owe the tax, and the tax is triggered if there's more than $1,000 of net income. So if you get a K-1 from ABC self-storage, your IRA owns 90% of it, there's more than $1,000 of net profits after deductions, depreciation, and the like, technically there could be UBTI tax that's due, assuming you're treating the facility as a business and not a passive asset, which I think could be difficult to make that argument. So that's kind of the goal of, of all these ad mails is to educate people, but also about issue spotting. So if you are looking at a deal and you're thinking about Roth or pre-tax or, hey, should I set up a SEP or a solo 401k or I'm doing a real estate deal? What are the issues I need to be thinking about? This is the intent of ad mails is making everyone sharper and more refined in their knowledge of self-directed IRA. So I thought this question example was a really good question because it highlights two of the most important uh, areas that I deal with and that real estate retirement account investors deal with. And that's prohibited transaction, number one, and two, unrelated business taxable income. And I think this was a really good example that kind of highlights some of the issues you need to spot. Um, and it turns out you, you may end up doing it either way or not doing it or restructuring, but at least this gets you thinking and that process developing in your mind as to how, okay, is it prohibited? How can I minimize? Are there different ways to structure? And is there a UBTI issue? Should I do it? Should I not do it? Ways to minimize. Um, and there you go. That is today's ad mail episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the different format. Please leave me a comment if you did or did not. You can leave it obviously on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, also on YouTube if you're watching slash listening to this. Um, let us know. I'd love to hear your comments. My producer would as well. And um, that's it. So have a great week and talk to everyone again next week. Thank you.